had a friend phoning me from the United States and he's rushing with his wife who's got cancer and she's pregnant and um, he's in tears and he's asking please pray with him and let's just come in agreement and Lord we bring Jill and Maverick in front of you Father thank you Lord that you are that you are so faithful Lord there's no distance thank you Lord Jesus that you can bring healing in that womb atmosphere of praising God. The Bible says you don't have because you don't ask. Just be real with the Lord. Just be real. Just speak to the Holy Spirit. Just be real about yourself. Just utter and say, Lord, I'm too proud. I've got this hurt in my life, Lord. I've got this disappointment that I don't want to let go of. 
Jesus. If you're in dire straits this morning for a miracle, just raise your hand. There where you stand, the Lord knows. Just where you stand, you raise your hand. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, Father, you take note all around this building. There's hands going up. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you stole Jehovah Jireh. You are the provider. You are the healer. You are the one that sees, Lord. You take note this morning. There's no prayer that has not entered into your throne room. Thank you, Lord, that it's not only the prayer of big Christians, Lord, but that it's the prayer of every single person in here. Doesn't matter how weak we are, that you take note this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus. Thank you, Father. Father, we call healing into our bodies. We say thank you, Father, that you are so willing to heal. That the character of Jesus has proven himself that he wants to heal. He wants to touch us. That's still what you are doing. In Jesus' mighty name, we are, we are, we are so thankful. We honor you. just take our seats in this beautiful presence um, just come see the band on the club yes I guess with um well done Willemine and team there's such an anointing here and um I know that the Lord is, it's not that the Lord is more in this building, it's just that we are so aware of His presence. Amen. Marie just wants to say something. Uh, I quickly just want to give a, a quick testimony. Esia, where is your Buddha? Stand up. I want to I wanna quickly tell you about Esia. He was on our program, he absconded, and he left. And they brought him back a little bit against his will, a little bit with his will, and a little bit against his will. And I cried this weekend. When did you come back? Thursday? Friday? Wednesday. Okay. So they said, Pastor Matthijs, I want to quickly just welcome terug. And when I saw him this morning, I started crying. I took his face in my hands and I kissed him in his face. And he said to me, Tani, because they call me Tani. All those guys, they call me Tani. I said, Tani, is jy nie kwaad vir my nie? Ek sê, Heere, Effie, ek, ek juig voor die engele, en ek juig saam met die Heere, dat jy terug is. Hoe sal ons ooit kwaad wees, vir een wat huis te kom? There is no shame. Ek wil vinnig hierdie skrifie deel. Oh, ek sê, ek kan nie alles doen. Oh, kijk daar, kom ons doen hier. Ek skeer myself in twee. Quickly, I just want to share this with you because you need to know. The world can't understand. Jelle Owens, the world can't understand what we do. 
in bringing many sons and daughters to glory, Hebrews 2.10, it was fitting that God whom and through whom everything exists should make the pioneer of their salvation perfect through what he suffered. Both the one who makes people holy and the, and the one who are being made holy. The one who makes people holy and us who are being made holy are of the same family. So Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters. He says, I will declare your name to the brothers and sisters. In the assembly, I will sing your praises. We sing each other. Here movement. We sing each other's praises. As jy val, Loukie, gaan tel ons jylle op. Partij keer sonder jou wil en partij keer met jou wil. Jy is welkom en ek juig saam met jou, jy is terug. Evie, jy is by die huis. Amen. Sit. Ek kan maar sit. Niek, daar is Niek. Kijk bykie achter toe. Niek is die man wat sy oog gewetter is. Okay, I quickly, because the world looks at it differently, I want to quickly testify on his behalf. Pastor Matthijs, he absconded as well. He left. I don't care what the reasons are. I don't care. The, the world looks out at it from the outside. And Pastor Matthijs, can I say, here is ou, rest nie. Weet jy wat doen hy in die nachte? Hy gaan haal, die ouwens. Hy los 99. En hy gaan haal hulle. Teen sy wil. Was teen sy wil. Wil jy hier wees vandag? Hoeta? You want to be here? I'm home. I'm home. Hy het die eerste shot gegooi. En hy het van die ander boetas. En ek gaan nie sê wie nie. Ek sal, hy het die eerste shot gegooi. Ander boetas. Nie pastor Matthijs nie, want sy voet. Is dit ook om jou voet so lyk? Ek speel, ek speel. Eerste shot gegooi, ons het om teruggebring, toe hy by die huis is, toe sê hy, ek skies jylle ouwens, ek het jylle seer gemaakt, but I'm home. Sometimes, we will fight you for you, want die, die twak in sy are, maak dat hy nie mooi kan dink nie. Ons gaan jou gaan haal, die wereld het vergeet, die kerk het vergeet, ons gaan jou gaan haal. Dis wat ons met die kerkse geld doen. Kijk, amen. Hy sê, hy sê vir my, ek gaan na hom toe, ek druk hom vir ochend, I give him a hug, ek sê, Niek, is jy hier? Hy sê, I'm so ashamed. Nou lees ek, Hebrews 2.11, Jesus is not ashamed to call you his brother or his sister. We sing each other's praises in hierdie kerk and in hierdie movement. We sing each other's praises. I don't care what you've done. I care who you are and who he says you are. Amen. Ek sien elkeen van julle in die naam van Jesus van Nazareth. Amen. Awesome. Amen. Jy is vir die verkeerde party. Halleluja. Wat, ach, dankie Marie. Ek so blij om deel te weet. Ons gaan, ons gaan het nou doen, ons gaan nou geld opneem. Ek weet nie eens waar ek wil begin nie. I've got so much to say. First of all, I want to say, Nick, I love you. My mic is not right, you have to do something. Nick, I love you. And and um, I love these boys. On our way to church this morning, we found Wesley. Where's Wesley? Where's Mr. Wesley? Wesley. Okay, he, he ran away also. Let's just give him a hand. 
And he's on his way, and we said to him, listen, you boot, want to go? Klim in die kar, jy is betuids vir kerk. Ok, so, I think basically what Maria is saying, that the one thing that we, I believe that in the times that we are living for, that people don't, everyone has given up on everyone. We don't see people taking compassion. And we are living in times where the Lord's going to give us passion, passion for the lost, a desire. The Bible says that I hunger, you must hunger and thirst for his righteousness, to be in right relationship with him. And if you know who you are, then you can help people. Any one of us, if you know who you are, you will be able to help other people. You don't need to know all the scriptures. You don't need to be able, the devil knows all the scriptures and his heart doesn't change. But if you know who you are in Christ, then things around you must change. It must change. When light comes into a room, the darkness must flee. And I've got a desire to see. I, see, I ask the Lord, uh, there's some nights I would lie awake and I would just pray and say, Lord, just give us one more. Give us one more. Let us have this journey with God where we have a desire for one more. Um, we don't make money out of these boys. It's not a business that we are running. This is a kingdom. And in the kingdom, we want to do the Father's will. It's the prophet. The Bible says, what, what will man gain if he's got everything in life, but he loses his soul? I want to tell you, we're one of the richest ministries out there because we have, the Bible says, he borrows to the poor, lends to God. But more than that, that he who wins souls, he's got wealth. And I believe we've got a lot of wealth in these guys. I believe this. The good news is that we also started with a portion where we are starting to bring in girls. And we want you guys to be aware. So you're going to see girls coming in here. And we're going to trust the Lord to, to have. Um, we want to put up two bungalows now for the girls, which is going to enable us to help roughly 64 girls um, by, by the Lord's grace. Amen. Let's, let's give the Lord a hand. Um, some of these girls are going to... Is going to come out of prostitution. You know, in Luke 8, one of the women that stood the, the closest to the Lord was a woman who came out of prostitution. And she had an encounter with Jesus. And as she was washing his feet at an assembly where he was with um, a lot of religious scholars and um, Pharisees, she came in and she had an encounter with God. Everyone in that room was measuring up to their knowledge, you know, to just getting an encounter with, with a rabbi, someone that knew a lot. But she came and she had an encounter with one who saved a life. Little you have been forgiven, little you have loved. And that is the thing that I really believe that the Lord is pushing forward. Um, I don't believe that we are, um, the Lord's going to stimulate us that much only on an intellectual level. I'm not chasing the Lord in an intellectual way. I do love, inte uh, I, I mean, I've got John here. I studied under, under John. John is an intellectual uh, guy. John, just wave for me, friendly. <laughs> okay. Hallelujah. Um, and uh, so I, I'm not pursuing. My cause is not to be intellectual. I'm in a place where I want to be so relational. I want to be relational. You, you know what is the nice thing about God? Is he doesn't care how much you know. He just wants you to be his, his baby girl and his baby boy. 
He just wants you to be real with him. He just wants you to talk straightforward to him. And um, I remember when I was small, I was always trying to, to get my father's attention. I remember him buying my first BMX. And at first he had to run after me. You ran after your children while you were pushing them on the bikes. Is there anyone that can relate? Okay, then you take them and you push them a bit forward and they go and walk out feet and walk with snacks. Okay? And then I started paddling on my own. And all of a sudden I was driving. And then I started driving without my hands. Who can remember us doing that? Kijk, papa, geen handen. Geen tanden. Okay, so paar ouds wat geen tanden het as gevolg van die moves. Okay, so I was trying to impress my dad and to get some approval. And I want to say to you, on my best effort, he could not be more proud of me. He was fascinated by me, but he could not be more proud of what I've done because I'm driving without hands or with hands. He was so into me all the way because he's a relational father. The whole scripture is given and breathed out, not so that we should be intellectual, so that we should be relational. That we should discover who we are. The Bible is a, a, a book of discovery for us to, to understand the goodness and the kindness of God. Amen. So this morning, I just want to get my scripture. I've got a nice scripture that I uh, uh, want to read while we are taking up the offering. Let's do this one, Luke 19. It is important that you use the wealth of this world to demonstrate your friendship with God by winning friends and blessing others. So if you've never read this, this portion of scripture, does he dare this slide? If you've never um, uh, read this portion of scripture, it's actually going about the dishonest manager. Where Jesus is commending the dishonest manager. If you read it in the Passion Translation, this guy went and he gave away, he gave discount to his master's people who owed him money. And to the one guy, if you read the Passion Translation, he said he owed him $200,000. And he gave him 50% discount. If anyone wants to use the card facility, just raise your hand and wave. Marie's going to come with the card facility. And um, so in, in this parable, Jesus is using um, how, G, how God is still giving the dishonest manager credit for the fact that he was, he was shrewd. And what this guy did is he went and he gave people discounts on, on the basis of his, money, the, his owner's money. And then he won favor with people in the hope that when things go wrong, that he will be able to appeal back to them and say, remember, I gave you this type of discount and basically you in, are indebted to me now because of the discount. Amen. So he's a freaking good businessman. Yeah. And even though he missed the, the whole mark, he was still, now, now listen here, it is important that, that you use the wealth of this world to demonstrate your friendship with God by winning friends and blessing others. Winning friends and blessing others. You know what, what I want my wealth for? Why I want a bigger car? And why I, I want to win friends and I want to bless others. Amen. Yesterday I was driving with Yanni and um, as we were driving looking for Nick, um, I was holding, uh, we, we were driving, and I, I made a statement. I said, I'm so blessed because the Lord is faithful. Um, he he makes us do things beyond our measure. But, but I know, um, for instance, myself and Carly is trusting the Lord for certain things. But at this point, that's not my main focus. My main focus is now to win souls. Amen? And listen here, yeah, the, the one who, who manages the little 
he has been given with faithfulness and integrity will be promoted and trusted with greater responsibilities. But those who cheat with the little they have been given will not be considered trustworthy to receive more. And he's using wealth to illustrate faithfulness. Amen. I want to say to you this morning, if you are struggling with 10 rand and 100 rand, I always tell people, man, just keep the money. Waarvoor kort ons die geld? Ons gebruik die geld. We're using the, it for the kingdom. I can tell you we're not sitting with a fat um, bank balance. And uh, we're going to build a building one of these days. And I don't have the money for that. And it's not, I'm not even going to preach there. I'm trusting the Lord so that the Lord will be faithful in our case that I can see others succeed. Okay? I've got many sons that's sitting here this morning that's going into ministry. And I want, I want people to succeed. I want to, who wants to see your children succeed in life? I mean, so, so, so is it with us. I re, I'm really trusting the Lord for buildings and for stuff. And do, is he going to be faithful? I want to tell you there's nothing we've done that God has not done it yet. He's been faithful every time. Every time he told us to do something, he was on, he was on the map. Every time he asked us to step out, we, he was on the map. Verse 11, if you have not handled the riches of this world with integrity, why should you be trusted with the eternal treasure of the spiritual world? You know what Jesus is saying here? He says he wants to see something in your natural character that will present you an opportunity in the spiritual what, what are you saying? I'm, I'm trying to say to you this morning, I really believe that God is watching the way you give. When Jesus was sitting in the temple, guess where he was sitting? He was sitting right next to the charity box, to the treasury box. And he was looking how people gave. And then he commended a widow for giving only a cent. And he said, that is true giving because everyone else gave out of their abundance, but she gave it and she felt it. What I'm saying this morning is that God observes. He's the God of the hearts. And he observes your heart. You can be the richest guy. You know what's the problem of the story of the rich young man? Not his wealth. It was that his expectation lay, lied in his wealth. That he was not seen or known to be the humble or the kind young man. His identity lied in his finances. He was known to be the rich young man. Amen? God doesn't have a problem of you having finances. He's got a problem of you placing your identity, your security in anything else except in him. Should you have a medical aid? Yes. I believe you should have a medical aid. There's people that don't believe they need it. It's fine. But if you have faith for it, I want to say to you, I can have a medical aid and still trust in the Lord. When God told Israel to go back to the promised land, guess what he told them? He told them to build a... There's a whole book about them building a wall. Now, if they've got God, why do you need... I came to other guys' house the other day. He said to me, no, man, I don't need any burglar bars. I said, well, you're lucky. He's taking South Africa, but I trust in your, your faith. But I'd rather be the guy that takes measures on my own side and then say, Lord, now you do the rest. Amen. So that's what we are busy doing. Verse 12. And if you've not been proven faithful with what belongs to another, why should we be given wealth of your own? And for a moment, I, want to don't, I don't want to speak on finances. I want to speak about your time. If you're not faithful, who's called here for ministry? I want to say to you, if 80% of the church does not raise their hands right now, then we are, we are in miss. Who's called for ministry? I'm not talking about 
speaking in front. You can be a medical doctor and still be in ministry. I mean, who's called for ministry? Just raise your hands. It's not something. Ministry is something. We all have ministry inside of us. We are all called to save for the lost. And we all have a responsibility. It's not a pastor's. We've, we've made things in the West that it's a pastor's responsibility to go and fetch the lost. Guys, the, the church, this is the ecclesia of God. This is the body of God, and everyone must participate and function in the body of God. Amen? If you're part of this congregation, you should function in accordance with what the word is given and what the Lord is doing. And what does it mean? Man, if I've got a gift, if your gift is your voice, please bring it to the table. Amen? Because I've got guys who need to rest as well. Ek weet, ek wil gevoel sê, Willemien, at this stage, ek, ek mag ek uitpraat, uit jou goedheid. Sy het, sy het, um, sy, sy het my nou nie vir oogend gedrik het nie, want sy het back in klauseer gehad. <laughs> ek het nog nooit gehoor, ek dog is een beestesiekte, Willemien. Um, <laughs> nee, sy is te oulik om dit te wees. Maar, dit is al sissy wat sy stelling maak. Willemien, um, I really believe, that there's giftings in our midst. Some of us has a gifting in administration. I've got a zero. If you give me administration, I fail. Okay, this Tani will tell you. I, I was, I was, I, I went and I resigned from school, and then I got, I got, fired by the other school because So I can tell you that in in a certain sense. God is calling each and every one of us in our strings. And I want to ask for your time. I want to ask for you to be willing to say, Lord, here am I. I'm going to give everything that I have. Some people will t- tell me, Matthias, but you, you know a little boy comes to Jesus with a few pieces of bread and fish, and he multiplies it to the effect that 5,000 people could eat. Some people will tell me, but you don't understand, I only have 200 rand. You, you know how much 200 rand goes when you're feeding people goes far. Amen. You know how far your electricity skill goes or your, um, at, whatever you've got. I want you to be sensitive. Willem, I do like your finances, but I want, I, want your, I, want, I want time. Amen. You know what's one of the things that we always say in these times? I, I got John at the back now. We were, we were speaking and I was not complaining, but I was murmuring about time. And in this season, the Lord is telling me to be shrewd with my time. So I've got family time, and then I invest myself in the kingdom because it's, it's a season for me to sow. It's a sowing season. So on a Wednesday night, as I went to go and get FJ, I was standing in the street. Now I'm inquiring because I don't know where they stay. And I was on my own. And with a, with a ligament that is torn, <laughs> and... Um, I got to a girl there, and I said to her, listen, I stopped, and I said, man, I'm inquiring, this is the photo, this is the people I'm looking for. She said to me, no, she knows these people, but she doesn't know where they stay. I said, what's your name? She said to me, Dudu. Now I'm holding Dudu's hand. <laughs> and people are driving past me, and I think, and, she's, and Dudu's first thing that she said to me, she said to me, do you want a, a blue job, or you would like uh, to lie down? And I'm not sure if that's good, if it's good. Guys, that's the real life. You know what? We are, so, we are so disconnected to what is going on around us that we are scared to make statements like that. I mean, 
And I'm, I'm holding Dudu's hand. And now I'm crying with Dudu because I said to Dudu, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust the Lord to come and take you off the streets. I don't, I don't need to go and lie with you. And I'm preaching the gospel. You know what she tells me? She tells me, she tells me I know Jesus. I know Jesus. I've had many of these people come and tell me. But this time, someone is not getting between the legs. I want to say to you, it is the season for the church to arise, shine, for our light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon us. I'm holding Dudu's hand. I'm saying to Dudu, I'm trusting God. I want to take you off the streets. And she's weeping. She said, please help me. Help me. I've got a small baby. Help me. I said to her, Dudu, do you have HIV? She says, no, but maybe I'll get it next time. <sighs> it is impossible for a person to serve two masters at the same time. You will be forced to love the one and reject the other. And the only thing that Jesus is speaking about, he's not saying, he's saying the following. He says he, he wants exclusive right in your life. He wants exclusivity. I want to ask you, who of you are happy that your husband shares you with another? We are all yearning for exclusivity. The, the fact that we belong. That I am someone and someone is mine. You know what makes me so secure in, when I walk inside a room is not because I think I'm the, well I do think I'm the most beautiful guy in the room. Um, you see that's the reason why. Just do it again. <laughs> because I've got a cheerleader who believes I walk in and I really think that I am the most beautiful gentleman in the room because I know there's someone who's got eyes only for me. Terwijl jylle vir my oor kyk, check sy my achterkant. Okay, and that's good health. It's healthy marriage. Okay, it's good. It's good to have that. Um, uh, what say I? <laughs> um, it is no different with God and with wealth of this world. You must enthusiastically love one and defiantly reject the other. Now all that, what, what he's saying, Jesus isn't saying here that you should just walk away and just, you don't need to be out. There's a, there's a season where the church believed that we had to be poor. God's not calling us to be poor. He's calling us for exclusive relationship. He wants you never to be ruled by your wallet. If, if you are impressing people with, the, with your bank statement, you still are displaced in the means where God wants to fix your heart. And heal your heart to a measure that you've not experienced in the past. Hallelujah. Let's pray for our finances. Let's just, I don't know what it is. Let's just extend our hands. Father, we bless our income. We say thank you, Lord. Even in this season, Lord, as we are walking on the water. Thank you that you are enabling every person in this ministry to be proactive. Father, that people will, will give. And Lord, I want to ask, Lord, that they will experience your hand as they benefit from being obedient to your word in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. So, um, I'm going to speak this morning about a, lo a lot of ideas. I'm not going to keep to my, the, the, to my sermon. I could but I'm not going to keep to my sermon this morning. I'm just going to jump around because I feel that there's a few ideas that the Lord wants me just to enforce this morning 
Okay? And that's the, for that reason, I'm going to start with Romans 4, 6. That, that I ended up the, the last time I was here. Now, misschien moet ek net daakjes vertel wat my gebeur het. So we went off with all the might and all the power, got into our cars to drive down to KwaZulu-Natal because we were going to spend time with him Angus. We got to KwaZulu-Natal on Monday and, um, and then myself and Joshua in the front had gieter gehad. Ek weet nie wat in Engels het nie. Uh, we had diarrhea. When you're climbing up a tree, something's running. You get what I'm Okay, so um, we, we are sitting. We are sitting in a. They put us in a flatlet because they, they they didn't think we were coming, and they put us in the wrong flatlet. And we only had one bathroom on the first night. And now we are sharing, so we are exchanging the toilet because you don't know if it's coming from the bottom or from the top. Okay, so we had a serious virus. So on Tuesday, I'm not feeding up up to anything. I'm phoning Uncle Angus. I said, "Listen, yeah, I'm not gonna make it." We're not going to make it. <laughs> okay? In our geval, I said to him, Dad, please, I'm not, I'm not coming down there. I'm not going to get 20 kilometers from there without having, having to exchange some other way. And on Wednesday, he's feeling much better, but I'm still, you know, our spirit is a little bit better. We can so with my stem. Amen? This is the vermenigvuldige CT-spoeder van die rechtvaardige. As I... And as I was um, sitting, I said to Carly in the afternoon, I said, let's take the boys to, to go and jump and to climb up. So we got to the place, this, um, what, what's the pay, place's name? Uh, uh, I will just call it what? Be up. Okay, that is story. So when we got there, there's a, there's a weight limit on the, on the thing. I think it's 125 now. I think I'm roughly 118. So I'm thinking to myself, Matthijs, you're not going to try an error and get hurt. And in any case, I feel the pop. Because I've been I've been drained now, and um, so now I'm walking around, and these guys climb up like monkeys, and they, they they they're getting onto all the obstacles. We took photos because in we want to put up a children's facility that's going to be crazy, okay? In Bronkospreit, now which is our our, our next commitment, I'm I'm going to put up a facility there where people were, were going to be, are going to be willing to drive from Pretoria to go to Bronkospreit because there's nothing going on in Bronkospreit. All our children end up there, either on drugs or on wrong things, because there's nothing else to do. There's nothing that, 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 that we can just say amen on that. Who knows Bronkospreit? Okay, so, so we, we're trusting the Lord. Now I'm trusting the Lord for a crazy facility, something that's, that, that's if we have to spend eight bar, it doesn't make sense. To get up something which is so special that we can see the children standing in queues to get to church. Guess who's going to come? You're going to come to church because your children want to be in church. Okay, so ons in that, by the kerk, I will so klein beginning with your visi deal. I want to put up, we've got a tattoo artist, Laura, that does, um, say, um, um, yeah, but what do you call it? Reconstructions of nipples on women that's breast has been settled. And I say to the Lord, Lord, I want to see that at the church. It's so beautiful. Amen? Yeah. I, and I know, I know we're going to get scrutinized for it. But I don't, I'm not in the business because I want to take women off the street and give them a trade so that they don't need to go back and hustle. We, are, we want to give these boys an opportunity to study. And we trust the Lord for people that will say, listen, yeah, I will pay for one of their studies. I want them to go and succeed in life. I want, I want people to say, listen, yeah, I want to put someone through university. That's not my responsibility. I took up a baby girl, and I'm taking up a whole responsibility of people to say, Lord, I want to take, take soul 
responsibility for something I've never had anything to do with. That's the kindness of God. That's, the, that's having an expectation or uh, ex, expectation of, of God's goodness. And it's not that we can afford it. It's not in a season, we just said, Lord, to my friend, I said, you're a child, said, you do it, girl. And I want to put up a, a children's house. I'm trusting the Lord for it. With the best, not, I'm not talking, I'm talking about a great facility, but I want to teach our children to discern God's word. Weet jylle wat het COVID my geleer? Dat was baie goeders wat eindelijk irrelevant is op school. Sometimes we've got people that are only looking after the children. I'm not saying teachers are irrelevant. I'm just saying that there's a lot of things that we can impart. I would rather have my children discerning God's voice. I want my children to be acquainted with the word. I want them to obviously to read and to do maths and to do science and stuff like that. But a lot of things is not important. And we are focusing on the wrong things. And especially the church. You know the church was the forerunner of the hospital. The church was the forerunner of um, schools. That's the reason why we've got schools. It's because of the gospel. Amen. Now, um, where are we going with this? Uh, well, okay, so actually, Macy's, I wanna, we, we want to train the girls and give them a skill from massaging, beautician. Um, we're trusting the Lord. There's maybe a possibility that someone's going to get on board. I'm not going to mention a name. That's going to give us a facility where we can train girls to do eyelashes and nails and hair. Um, as we can teach the guys how to swise and uh, to do what, what means it, metal work and hout work and all those type of things. We're trusting the Lord for all those things. Because if, if one of them wins, the whole kingdom wins. You know, the heaven gets in, uh, gets in uh, uh, what's the ecstasy? Yeah, because of one guy that gets saved. One guy. Now let's read Romans 4 verse 6. Even King David himself speaks to us regarding the complete wholeness. Now this is the thing that the Lord is speaking to me about in this season is complete wholeness. Is being completely whole. And the, the thing that surprises me the most is if you read through Romans, he's speaking about King David who sat under an inferior covenant and he's speaking about a complete wholeness that comes inside of a person when God's powerful declaration of righteousness, the fact that you believe that you are in the right relationship with God. Amen? When God's powerful declaration of, I want to make right standing, relationship, is heard over your life. Apart from our works, God's work is enough. Apart from our works, God's works is enough. Let's just turn to Genesis 3 verse 1. Now I'm going to jump around this morning. This is Genesis 3 verse 1. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God has made. And he said to the woman, did God actually say? So the serpent is speaking to the women and he's questioning, he's questioning the fact of what God said to the women. What did God really say to, the, to, 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 to Adam? Did God actually say, you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the women said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. 
Now, the previous time I preached, I said to, the, to you guys that if God is only petty about an apple, if he's on this side of an apple and he is nice and loving and kind and you eat the apple and he gets to that side of the apple, then he's only petty about an apple. It's not about the apple. It was about the relationship. It was the, the belief system which Eve embraced when she believed the enemy when he said, did God actually say this about you? Did God actually speak to you about this? And he was questioning the fact that she was made in the image of God. I'm going to show it to you. Just look here. Um, neither, um, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden. Neither shall you touch it lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. For God knows that when you eat of this, your eyes will be open and you will be like God. That's the whole problem. Who of us are still trying to be like God? The Bible says that we were made in God's image. That he has woven you inside of your mother's womb. That was actually where I was on my way. Okay, uh, we'll get to that later. The Bible, the, the Bible says that you were woven inside of your mother's womb. And when he made you, he, he, he made you in God's image. When the man came to, God, to Jesus and he tested Jesus, he tested him with a coin and he said to him, should I pay that my taxes or should I pay it not? And Jesus asked him one question. He said, whose inscription is on that coin? And the man replied, he says, it's Caesar's inscription. He said, gives to Caesar, that is Caesar's. But give to God that what is God's. And God is not wanting your money. He's wanting the image of him to be in you and seen through you. That's the call that is on each and every one of our lives. And then we are called to bring people into a reconciliation with the Father. Our main call, everyone has the, the ministry of reconciliation to bring people back into their original call, into their purpose. So when you, you can sit and be an administrator at the doctor's office, but you've got identity and you know who you are, and guess what? You're going to be so proactive in the kingdom. You can't keep quiet about Jesus. You know what's the problem? We, we fell quiet. Our country, and especially I'm speaking to the white folks, my black boys can talk. We have fallen silent because you've been told now it's your time to keep quiet. Amen? I want to say to you, I don't care who you are. You don't cut my rope. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to lay hands on you. White or black? Amen? Listen, yeah? But the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. And the first thing I want to say to you, the f it's not the physical death that God was ever worried about. He was not speaking about dying physically. I'm never afraid of people dying. People. We need to embrace the fact that we're not going to be here forever. I could feel say, "Wait a little, where is the kerk and conflict? Mag ons veras of mag ons nie veras nie? Want as God terugkom, gaan ons hoe gaan ons die doeers en om opstaan? It's some of the things that the, the other day I sat with with a, a reverend friend of mine, and we were discussing these type of things, and I said to him, "Well, I don't care. I think God can figure it out. If, if He created me from dust, I'm sure He can figure out how to get me back in together again." Okay? Die wipie is mine, die wipie is jou nie. Gaat ons, ons is terug. Stoffie, terug. You know what, what? What is the thing that I really believe what the Lord wants to do in this season? Is the Lord wants the church to become like He is. 
from the beginning, God created with his mouth. He said, let there be light. And there was light. He started speaking things into action. And as he spoke, things manifested everywhere. And the problem is with the churches is because we do not know in whose image we are made. And we don't know in whose likeness, whose likeness we are. I want to say to you, Willem, you can't be more like Christ. You are like him. You can't. You are, Neil, yay is, nature Jesus. We are the righteousness of, of God in Christ Jesus. We are in right relationship with God because we are in Christ Jesus. There's nothing that I can do. Romans 8, there's nothing that can separate me from the love of God. Nothing in all creation. And I want you to listen here. The enemy was so shrewd that the only thing he had to do is he had to twist a few words and get people to think differently about themselves than what God has said about them. If he can get you to believe or come into agreement with lies, then you will forsake the true blessing and the true word that God has for you. And many of us has forsaken prophetic ideas and promises and things because we, we second guess God and we say, no, it can't be what he wants to do. And then we walk away. And I showed it through scriptures. You can look in Genesis 21, where, where Abraham and Sarah was, was trusting the Lord. When, when, when they trust the Lord to, to have, God came to Sarah and he said, you, by this, you, you will have a baby. And he's made this promise to Abraham. And then they came to the point where they said, well, let's second guess God. Obviously, he can't do it through us. Let's help God to help us. The main problem of the church is, is we are trying to help God to help us. I want to say to you, God doesn't need any help. But what he does need is he needs people who are willing and obedient to step out on the water and to be unorthodox. When he called Peter out of the boat, think about it. Do you think it's responsible to tell a guy to get out of the boat in a storm? How responsible was that statement? It is actually a ridiculous statement. It's, like, it's the same like I'm telling you to walk off the building, like the devil told Jesus. I believe that Jesus could have walked off the building. He was being tempted because there's a time when God will tell you to do something that does not make sense. And there's a time when the devil will tell you to do something that is going against what God is saying towards you. The biggest problem is, is we are molding people into certain ideas and saying this is how a Christian should look. Amen? You should be this, and you should that, and you should raise your hand on the third chorus, and that is exactly how church should look. You know what God is calling us? God is calling us towards an intimate relationship. Noah's worship was the finest to God in that room when the prostitute came in, was the actions of a woman who was weeping and washing his feet with her, with her tears, and washing it with her hair, and pouring her expensive oil that she has bought with money for, from hustling. And she poured it over his feet. And when everyone judged her, and they sat there with their religious minds, and their religious ideas and philosophies, Jesus made a statement that blew them all away. He said, when I came to your house, you did not give me anything for my feet. You not kissed me once. You did not hug me. You did not. And yet, here's this woman 
And we are wondering who is in right relationship. I want to say to you this morning, when I walk into Ark, I see men that is free. They've got a physical problem, but they are free. And if the Son has set you free, you are free indeed. So the devil was questioning this one thing, and he was saying, your eyes will be open, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And I want to say to you, God's intention for us was only to know good. God's intention, His original purpose for us was only to know good. Was we should have never known what, what evil is. Be innocent of evil. You, you see your little children, that baby now in Willie's arms there at the back? She's innocent of evil. Amen. And what God wanted us to be is, is to be innocent towards that which would remove us from his presence. God did not change anywhere because of an apple. God did not change towards his commitment. He, he foreknew that they were going to eat the apple. Amen. So why would God be angry if he already made a plan and he foreknew? And what we believe is we've got this whole idea that God is out there to get us, to judge us. He's against us. The Bible says he's not against us. Die gedachte is dat ek aan gaan die jy het, is gedachte is van lewe, nie van teespoed nie, maar van voorspoed. Verse 6, so when the woman saw that the tree was good, all of a sudden, she saw something else about that which God has said no to. When she saw, in her other sense, that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes. I want to say to you, whenever you see anything differently in scriptures than what Jesus makes it to be, you need to go and sit with God. Because Jesus comes and he is the father. He is perfect theology. If you look at Jesus, that's perfect theology. I'm thinking about, I'm going to get now to Exodus 3. Um, I'm thinking about the Bible and we can look to Abraham, and I can look to certain things that he's done. And he had an, an image or an idea of God and something that he did right. But I want to say to you, Abraham did not have perfect theology. David, a man after God's heart, who presented God in his era as, as he revealed God in a way that God was unknown to most men to. But he was not perfect theology. He did not have perfect theology. He, he killed another man. And he got into bed with another man's wife. And he was a bit sneaky. Amen. And you know how many times I've heard poor Batsheba um, getting the Batsheba. What's it, Batsheba? But I, I don't know. How many times um, uh, I, I've heard people preach and say that she's the bad guy. She was, she was, said die koning uitgelok. She was doing what she was doing every day. Only this day David was alone. He was planning that in his heart for a long time. He was making sure everyone was going to war. Now all of a sudden she's bathing and he's being on his balcony. Having coffee. <laughs> so godly. <laughs> okay. So, um, so when the woman saw that the tree was good for... Okay, let's get to verse 7. Uh, uh, verse 6. Uh, the tree was to be desired to make one wise. She took of the fruit and she ate. And also she gave to her husband who was with her and he ate. Then the eyes of both were opened. And they knew 
that they were naked. All of a sudden, there's a nakedness that comes, there's an awareness that comes inside of us when we are not innocent of evil. Now, I want to ask you, what has made you naked in the past few days? What has made you so aware of yourself and your circumstances? What is there in your life that you are second guessing what God says because of his timing that is different to which your expectation? What is there in this season that God wants to do and he wants to accomplish, but while you are busy making your own plans, and don't, don't think that God will not give you into your own way. He will give you over to yourself. Amen. His heart is not to hurt you, but he will hand you over to yourself. You will do a good job of destroying yourself, not God. God is not in the destroying business. God has never hurt. He's got no shadow. If, as I, the Bible says, he's been the same through all eternity. Am I right? So then he's the same God. And if we see how Jesus was, do we think that God had any bad intentions? From the beginning, he was good. His heart was for us. He was waiting for us to succeed. He was wanting for that man and woman to stand up and to realize in whose likeness they were made, whose image they were bearing. What is the image that you are bearing? What is it what you are doing? And the problem was that when you start to fail, when you realize your nakedness and you become aware of the problem you have, you will very seldomly succeed to get through what you are struggling with in this season. With other words, as you circle in this season, om your finger in your keel to drink, and you are continually doing that because that you feel not likable or you don't like what you see in the mirror. And the hurt there is not you putting your finger. That's a secondary consequence of what you are doing. The hurt there is that you've been rejected and you don't like the image. That you were hurt by thinking that you're not good enough. Amen. Anyone been walked out on before? You get rejected. Your heart gets broken. It's not nice. Am I right? Now many of us struggle with rejection issues because our dads went. Our moms went. People fell. People disappointed us. And we started believing the lie rather than the truth. So let's look at this. Verse 7. Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they saw fig leaves. They said, Sue, I'm not going to go into the rest of that. Um, verse 9, but the Lord God called to the man, and he said to him, where are you? I, I heard the other day someone said to me, God was blind. He could not see them because he's blind towards sin. I don't agree with that. I think that God knew exactly where they were. He was calling them to respond towards him. You know that God is always calling and when God calls at first, man, when you hear the Spirit of the Lord, then you want to go. I want to run. I want to have this encounter with God. I want to have this experience with God. And all of a sudden in our journey, something happens and then we shy away. We don't want to go to church. Someone um, is calling my, my, my spade a spade. And all of a sudden, I feel like, man, I don't want to deal with it. I'll rather hide and run away and go back to old ways and belief systems because I feel safer in being rejected than being loved. Amen. Who of you have felt safer with your hurt than rather coming to church? Is there anyone that can agree with me this morning? Just raise your hands. It's, I want to say to you that's 
pretty much everyone inside here. Every one of us has experienced. Who's, who's, who's felt rejection? I mean, I felt some, some serious rejection. I, I felt very sorry for myself in the past uh, few weeks. Um, maybe just in Proverbs 22 verse 6, it makes a statement. It says, dedicate your child to God and point them in the way that they should go. Train up a child in the way that is meant to be, and when he grows old, he will not depart from you. So the idea here is to train up a child for the will of the Lord. And the values they've learned from you will be with them for life. And the values, the values that they learned from you will be with them for life. You know what I see about God the Father? How he twisted us into this thing that he wanted to see in our lives. And he allowed us to grow in a certain way. And I want to say to you, you can have all these hurts and all these things, uh, all these pains, but God is having a plan with each and every hurt that you've been through. If you can allow him to enter and to, to give that to him, he will do a very good thing in your heart. Um, John, I've, I've got these two questions. Maybe you can help me with them. During the week, I said to this question, the first one was, what perspective of God the Father do I still have that is inconsistent with who Jesus reveals his Abba to be? What perspective of God the Father do I still have? What's a perspective van God the Father is daar wat ek het? Wat inconsistent is met dit wat Jesus die Vader voorkom openbaar het? Was the first thing, this, the, the, one of the questions I sat with this week. Because I believe that the problem lies, the issue is still a leprous heart. And there's certain belief systems that I've taken in and believed, rather than believing what God said about the image of God. Amen? The second question I had, John, was, what perspective of myself do I still have that is inconsistent with how I know Abba feels about Jesus? Because the way that the Father feels about His Son is exactly how he feels about us. Think about it. You can write this down. The secret perspective for myself, what inconsistent is, over that what God over Jesus thinks. And when I deal, when I start, if you look at John 15 and you look at John 17, um, and you see how Jesus is representing the Father. I want to say to you that, that if we can really understand the image that we are, how God has made us, how God has called you, what God's purpose and plan is for us, um, we would truly understand what God is doing. Jeremiah 6 verse 16. Now this is the scripture that the Lord gave me um, two, three years ago. And listen here. This is the Lord. Stand by the roads and look and ask for the ancient paths. Who knows that he is the way? Jesus is the church was called the way. The early church was not called the church. It was called the way. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Stand by the roads and look and ask for the ancient paths where the good way is. And walk in it. And find rest for your souls. I want to speak just for a moment about the ancient paths. The ancient paths is something that I believe that God has called the church. God has not changed anyway. 
And the ancient path is not going back to our being, being more religious. I don't want to be in, and I, and I want to make the next statement. I thought I wasn't religious at all, and then the Lord came and showed me how religious I were. Okay, so surprise, just to have tattoos doesn't make you less religious. You can have all the tattoos in the world, and you are still very religious. And I had to go and sit and say, Lord, how am I still religious? How am I, you know, it was religion that started separating people from God. Because God's not called us to be a religion, He's called us to be in a relationship. God is working with us towards a relationship. If you have this religious encounter in your house, there's nothing worse than a religious father in the house. Someone that tells you how far you have fallen short the whole time. Anyone can, you never make it. Doesn't matter what you do, you just don't never make it. And you don't know how, need to know how you are not making it. You need to be relational in understanding how you can make it. So you know what I teach my sons? I teach them that when you fall short, let's seek the way that you can improve and be better. Because we think everyone is the same. If you've ever spent time with Wilhelmine, Wilhelmine is so much different than my wife. They are opposites. But she's authentic. There's nothing more beautiful when someone knows that they're authentic. And my wife knows exactly who she is. No authenticity is when you can know the ancient path in which God wants you to walk is to discover who and what you are. To walk with him. And sometimes God is walking with us. If you think on the road to Emmaus, where he was walking with these two guys that, that has just been in Jerusalem with the crucifixion of Jesus. And now Jesus is walking with them and they're complaining and moaning and telling about all the events that's been happening in the past few days. And their hearts are feeling warm. But they are missing the whole thing that Jesus is walking because they can't see the image. You can't see the image while you are complaining. If you are still murmuring and complaining and whining about the things and the things of the past, you struggle to see the image, even if it's right next to you. I've seen people so angry at God. They're angry because of things that went wrong in their life. Things that's not worked out. And the Lord spoke to me two years ago, three years ago, and he said to me about the ancient paths. The ancient path is the path that God originally called us to walk in. It's the path of Jesus. The Bible says he, he, everything was made through him and for him and to him. He is the way. From the beginning, he was the way. God showed us the way so clearly. And then we have all these shadow books. The whole of the Old Testament, which is such great books. The shadow books pointing us to Jesus. Showing us what this Messiah would look like. And then all of a sudden, he appears and everything shows that it's him. Everything says it's him. He's the good shepherd. He's the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. I am the light of the world that shines in the darkness and the darkness cannot over overrule it. You know, all of a sudden we see Jesus so clearly and so profoundly in our lives. I want to ask you this morning, if you are still able to see 
the likeness. You know the first word that I like of likeness is like. It's like. It's like I, I, last night in the, in, the, in the morning hours, I was contemplating. I thought to myself, I want to call our um, meetings that we get together. If we come together, the different campuses, reunion night. Because it's re, it's coming back into union. Reunion. I mean, just think about it. So, um, uh, if you think of likeness, the first thing about likeness is not like that I'm like, it's that I am light. I've been made in His likeness. Romans 8.28, just here, our special, this is in the Passion Translation. So, we are convinced that every detail of our lives is continually woven together to fit into God's perfect plan of bringing good into our lives. For we are His lovers who have been called to fulfill His design purpose. It's the Passion Translation I'm reading now. I'm going to read it again. I've never heard it like that. So we are convinced that every detail of our lives is continually woven together into God's perfect plan of bringing good into our lives. For we are His lovers who have been called to fulfill His design purpose. I want to ask you this morning, what is your design purpose? I can tell you what my purpose is. The Lord has called me to be an atmosphere, a atmosphere skipper, is to be a lighthouse, is to be a, a, a loud, um, ba, um, what is it, a basain, what, uh, is to make a noise declaring that this is the king, to create the atmosphere for the Lord so that he can move. Amen. Each and every one of us has a calling on our life. And God is calling you to be faithful towards that call so that you will step out and He would say to you, well done, my faithful son. You've been faithful. You know what? I believe that we have been making this thing all about finances. Everything of this time that we live in is about finances. We think that blessed, uh, blessed are the people who are rich. I've seen many people, with, uh, I sat in a guy's house the other day He's more, he's close to a billion strong. And I can tell you, he's not at peace. I've got guys in Ark that's more at peace. Sat around the table and he took the brand and he threw it in his wife's face. I thought to myself, Puta, this is not going to work for us. Acts 2.28, for you have revealed to me the pathways of life. And seeing your face fills me. This is with ecstatic joy. It's the other word for it. It fills me with such great joy. I want to get to Exodus. Exodus 3 verse 1. I'm going to conclude with this. Now Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro. That's your son's name. Uh, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the west side of the wilderness. And he came to Horeb, the mountain of God. Please can... Ruthen, can you lift my up to Please. Of Horeb, on the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in the flame of a fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked and behold, and the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. The one thing about God is how he will put character traits on us. I want to say to you, if you are getting to do with a fire, but it does not consume, it's moving out of its nature. And all of a sudden, God is revealing himself in something. But he's 
containing the characteristics of that thing to say, listen here, I'll do as I think. And all of a sudden, there's this fire in a bush. This is on one of the first guys. So he had an encounter with Abraham. But before he gave Moses the law, Moses was going to inquire from him, so who will I tell the people who you are? You can see this whole thing where, where God is busy revealing himself in a bush, in a fire. And you can think about Moses being on his journey. He's, came, he's this Israelite displaced in an Egyptian household where he doesn't fit in. And in a sense, he finds himself confronted by being a Jew, but being an Egyptian. He's acquainted with sorcery and everything that princes had to do. And yet every time when he went to the toilet, he was confronted by the fact that he's the same as every other slave out there. And then as he was walking, one day he saw one of the Egyptians beating an Israelite brother. And he beat the guy and he killed the guy. And all of a sudden he had to run away. See, sometimes we can see that God uses people with great mistakes. Moses was a man who was a killer. But he became, he became a savior of his brethren. When he had an encounter with God, God did not look to his past. Only his past made him to seek what his true likeness was. His likeness was not being a Jew. His likeness was being what he was confronted was, was to have an encounter with a living God. And all of a sudden he had all the gods of Egypt speaking on the one hand. He's ran away from them, placed himself in Midian where his father-in-law was also a priest towards foreign gods. And here Moses stands confronted. What am I doing here? Who am I? At the age of 40 and even 80, for the next 40 years he lived there. Now all of a sudden God is calling him back and he said, listen, I want you to go back. And the confrontation comes out of a bush of fire. Aquafia says, anybody brambles can still sit. If you don't get to a place where you have to do with the fire, but not the fire that consumes you, it consumes everything else about you. God is not out there to kill you, but he will deal with anything that removes you from relationship. As Moses was observing, he saw this observance and he said to himself, listen, let me go closer, let me read it to you. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame and a fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked and behold, and the bush was burning and yet it was not consumed. And Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses, and he said, here I am. Then he said, do not come near, take your sandals off your feet, for the place of which you are standing is holy ground. And he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. All of a sudden, God is giving him identity through previous fathers. He's heard because his nanny, his mom was his nanny. She raised him up. His sister was his nanny. And all of a sudden, now he's being raised and he got told of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. And for the first time, he's not only confronted because if you've got an orphan spirit, if you are an orphan, you'll always feel you're not good enough. 
The problem with this generation is they call us the faceless, fatherless, nameless generation because we've been orphaned. Now I want to say to you, but we've got a heavenly father who's revealing himself so much clearer and his heart is for us and not against us. That our father is seeking out those individuals who will worship him in spirit and in truth. Amen. And this is the time that the Lord has made. You will rejoice and you will be glad. Why? Because if you find yourself, you may lose a lot of things. But you need to find yourself in this season. You might lose the riches of this world. You might lose your friendship in physical. You can lose your job, but you can't lose your identity ever. You might have faded in your age, but God still has a plan. While Moses was sitting there having this encounter with God, God is speaking to him, listen here, and he said, I am the God of your father of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. All of a sudden, the first thing that Moses did, this is Moses doing it. When he heard that this was God having an encounter, you know what he did? He went like this. He was so ashamed. Why would God come and speak with me? Why would God have interaction with me? Why, what does God has want to do with me? You know what is the most, the most symbolistic intimacy form? In the Bible is the fact that we are face to face with the Father. I think of when Moses brought the law. The law was broken before Moses brought it to the people. Amen. Listen here, Exodus 3:40. And God said to Moses, This is the expression how God's going to express himself. He said, I am who I am. This morning, when I say to you, it is time that we eat again from the I am tree. Because every time you go and you say, I am not. The biggest problem with us is not the sin. Sin is a secondary consequence because of a belief system. Every sin that we struggle with is a secondary consequence because of something that we believe that is wrong. What we are trying to do in churches is we want to have a 24-step program to deal with this cancer or with this leprosy or with this issue of the heart instead of getting us in a relationship one of the things we're going to do next week we're going to have a worship service okay and you put on your tackies and your sweaters and we're going to jump and jive and dance and lie in our faces just allow the Holy Spirit to minister to our hearts I'm trusting the Lord for a venue here for Sunday evenings, but he's busy organizing it for us, <laughs> okay? And I want encounter evenings because part of our call is to have encounters. And all the mornings will be teaching and we will come together and it's good for us to eat together. It's good for us to break bread. But our Sunday evenings, I want encounter evenings where we're going to lie and the youth will lie and they're going to weep and we're going to see people get restored. Amen. I want to see wombs get, get healed and people who could not bear will bear. And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, say this to the people of Israel, I am sent me to you. And God also said to Moses, say this to the people of Israel, the Lord, the God of your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob sent me to you. All of a sudden, he's lying not only identity Moses, but he's reminding 
the people of Israel, of Abraham, the man who believed God and what was counted to him as righteousness. Isaac, the son, his name means laughter, who could not be conceived because his parents was of old age. And yet he's the, 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 the byproduct of a man and a woman who could not stay. So they said, Lord, we're going to stay in step. And we're going to trust you for this breakthrough. Jacob, who once was a deceiver, he had to deceive everyone. You know that if you, if you do business with an Israelite, or let's say with a, not, let's, let's not make it a Jew, um, when, when you go to Israel, they'll tell you to convert to Christianity, and then you must come to their shop to come and buy there. And if you don't, if you don't buy from them, then all of a sudden they forsake your God. <laughs> they are shrewd. They are shrewd businessmen. Jacob was a deceiver until he wrestled God to the point where he lost and he walked. He walked in the physically with a, with a limb. God wrestled him down. I want every head just bowed this morning. I want to take us back to the tree in the garden that was in the midst of the garden and in this tree hallelujah in this tree we saw that um, there was a tree and we all ate of that tree which made us so self-aware and I want to show you this morning that you can eat of a different tree in the midst of your garden. The tree that's going to show you who you truly are. For cursed be every man that hangs upon a tree. And all of a sudden we saw the Son of God. He who was God did not count equality with God. How he came down to earth. How he died as a sinner on your behalf. The Bible said, and he took the sin of the whole world once and for all and he got crucified with the sin of the whole world and this morning i want you to understand that jesus has already paid the price you can either sit there and say lord i'm gonna try and deal with it or lord i'm giving it to you the only thing that needs to change here is perspective is the way that we see is the perspective that you have. Let's just bow our heads. Lord Jesus, this morning, I want to pray for people, Father, who has believed certain lies. They've ate of the tree, Lord, and they believe they're not good enough. They ate of the tree, and they believe they're not beautiful. They ate of the tree, they believe, they have a belief system that tells them that they are perverse. And Holy Spirit, this morning, your word says that you will make straight the crooked path. Holy Spirit, this morning, I want to ask that you will just work in our hearts so that we will be able to look on God once again, not to hide from Him. I am who you say I am. 
this morning I want you just there where you sit with your head bowed just to make a different confession maybe you're walking around you're dealing with rejection maybe you are feeling hurt by someone's words that they spoke over you this morning just say Lord I am who you say I am misschien het jy en jou man beklaai op padkerte you had a fight and there was harsh words exchange just this morning say Lord this is what you say about me just quiet every other voice in your head now Jesus